Welcome, everyone, to the Third and King podcast. May the fourth be with you all. My name is Max, and of course, you remember TJ. If you've come to hear us talk about the Giants, well, then guess what? You are in the right place. You sure are. (laughs) How you doing, TJ? I'm doing well. Just took two out of three from the Astros. Love that. Uh, Love that. I have a day off today, so now I get to talk to you about it. Yeah, got the day off. We have a lot of baseball coming up. I was looking. I think we've got 10 games in a row. Yeah. I can count. I can't, so I'll I'll rely on you for that. Anyways, we took a week off, right? And it's probably a good thing because, as you remember, we uh, we started that episode off, and I had asked you, hey, man, are the Giants bad? Yeah, I remember. And yeah. I think our answer was maybe. <laughs> yeah, and then get, what did we do? We kind of went on a winning streak. We did. Won five in a row, split a four-game set with the Mets, and then took three of four from the Cardinals. Yeah, we almost swept the Cardinals. Yeah, but, I mean, three of fours, I mean, I'll take that all day long. We went to Mexico for a slugfest? Yeah. First of all, those were not baseball games, so I don't know if we can count those. <laughs> Obviously, they count in the standings, but... I don't think we can learn anything from those games. They were just so weird, you know, being at such high altitude. The turf was weird. Oh, the Um, turf just skyrocketing balls straight up into the air. Yeah, there was a line drive to center field that bounced and then went over Trent Christian's head, which was wild. And obviously the Padres had to play there too. Credit to them. They won them both. It didn't look like baseball to me. So again, Of course, they count for the standings. I just don't think we can learn anything from those. Yeah, game one especially. Oh, yeah. There were 11 home runs in game one. So kind of weird, though, that one game, it was so lopsided. Yeah. But yeah, could you imagine a game where you get 13 hits and you score 11 runs and you don't win? Yeah, that's that's bizarre. (laughs) They have humidifiers in all the major league ballparks these days, so not just in Colorado and in Arizona. But they have them just to try and regulate the baseballs in every game. The humidifier in Mexico City was set not to Coors Field, but to regular baseball settings. And Mexico City is 2,000 feet higher in elevation than Coors Field. So that was weird. (laughs) Maybe they just wanted a slugfest, but... Yeah, maybe they adjusted the humidifier before game two. I don't know. Yeah. I also think Alex Cobb and Yu Darvish pitched much yeah. better than Musgrove. It was his first start back from the injured list. And Manaya, who didn't pitch too well on, on game one. Uh, I think Cobb and Darvish pitched pretty well. I think that was part of it. But yeah, may- maybe there was some adjustments to the humidifier as well. I don't know. Did you happen to see Logan Webb's post-game interview the other day he said i think two out of three of their clubhouse has the shits right now yeah he said a lot of the players weren't feeling well it's weird because to my understanding they took a lot of precautionary measures to avoid anything like this and specifically the giants players were instructed not to eat meat from restaurants or vendors or anything like that not because of the quality but, but because they were actually worried that there might be something in it that would then make them pop on a drug test. So apparently they were extremely cautious and still they got sick. That's tough. 
Yeah. So here's a question. Do you think we see a return to Mexico City? You think we'll we'll do future games there in seasons to come? I saw Cole Kuyper posted something on Twitter saying, well, this is the last series ever in Mexico City. And it kind of sparked a debate I saw in the comments on Twitter. So it got me thinking. If I were a pitcher, I wouldn't want to play there. Definitely not. From the pitcher perspective, hitters loved it. They already have one lined up for next year, I believe. Do they? Yeah, they haven't like officially announced who's playing it, but I've heard that it's going to be Houston and Colorado. Beyond that one, I don't think there are any agreements in place, so I think part of it will depend on how that one goes. But I think they learned a lot from the Padres and the Giants series. I think that as long as they take those learnings and apply some new thinking or or regulations or whatever to the series next year, I think it's a good thing for baseball overall, even though, like I said, I don't I don't know if it actually was baseball. But if the goal was to grow the game, I think it succeeded. Mexico City is a huge city, tons of people, huge population, you know, I think for growing the game, it was good. I would prefer to see it like from an exhibition standpoint, maybe instead of the last two games between the Giants and the A's that they usually play at Oracle and the Coliseum. Maybe they say, hey, you know, go play in Mexico for two games instead. Something like that. Or they've actually done that in Japan before. You know, the Mariners and A's, I think it was, have played in Japan before the season started. They actually did it where I think they played a regular season series, but it was like a week before the rest of the season started. So it gave them time to get back and reacclimate and things like that. So if they did something like that, I'm all for it. I didn't love that it was obviously right in the middle of a road trip. The team came back and didn't feel well. So that's not great. So if they can tighten that kind of stuff up, sure. Why not? Yeah, I really like the idea of getting outside of the United States, which when I say that, I don't necessarily think it's that cool when the NFL does it. But <laughs> but I do think in this instance, it was really cool. Maybe that's because I know that Latin America, South America, they huge baseball fans. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different than football because, you know, American football is pretty much just a stateside thing when they go and they play abroad i just imagine the people going to the games are just all the americans that happen to live abroad yeah yeah like expats or people that are going just to go exactly Um, but baseball is big in a lot of the world you know the world baseball classic i think is a cool event part of that is to help grow the game i think some of these series are to help that as well I don't know if them playing in like London makes a lot of sense. I think there's a series in London this year, too. There has been in the past. But yeah, I mean, why not? It's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. Back to our our little mini winning streak uh, these past few series. Kind of weird, though, that I'll say we are playing pretty well, I guess, if we're getting wins. But we, we beat some teams that should be better than the Tigers, the Marlins, who we couldn't beat. Yeah. I just kind of thought that was odd. I feel like halfway through the Met series, they kind of turned a corner. It's easy to say that in retrospect because they won the last two from the Mets and then kind of went on that streak if we kind of ignore that series in, in Mexico City, which, again, I think we kind of should. Even when it happened, it seemed like, okay, things are starting to click a little bit. The starting pitching's on a roll. They're hitting just enough. They're actually fielding pretty well, which was it's a huge turnaround from the team last year. It does kind of feel like they're starting to play better baseball overall. 
maybe that's just with the benefit of hindsight. I think they've been playing pretty good baseball recently. How'd you feel about that disco party we had on Tuesday? Dude, he is just dealing. He was really good in 2021. He was hurt last year, so his starts looked really bad. I think we've talked about this before, too. I think that's just an unfortunate circumstance of the lockout because he couldn't communicate to the team that he was still hurt. So he came back and tried to play through it, and it didn't work. And he looks, I'd argue, at least so far, better this year than he did in 2021. And he was really good in 2021. So, yeah, him and Cobb have looked great. I think Webb is shaping into form. He's figuring it out. He's figuring it out. We weren't ever worried about it. His ERA, even though he struggled at first, is already down to 3.8. So... You know, a couple more good starts in a row, and we're back to like, okay, Logan Webb's Logan Webb again. So yeah, that those all look good. He went for eight innings on Tuesday, which is just incredible. Three, yeah, hits. against the Astros. Yeah, it's awesome. That's, that's great. I think just over two ERA right now. It's fantastic. Three walks, many, three walks this season. How many innings pitched? Thirty-eight innings pitched. Three walks in thirty-eight innings pitched. That's amazing. It's incredible. It's really good. Thirty strikeouts. Let's go. Great. Love it. All right. Who'd we talk about last week? J.D. Davis. It's no longer April. He was having a great April. He's still he's still doing pretty well. Might have slowed down a little bit. but He's slowed down a little bit on the offensive side. He still looks good at the plate. His numbers have slowed down a little bit, but he wasn't going to hit 360 all year, you know. But he still looks incredible at third base. He looks great. And I hope this lasts all year because – It just came out of nowhere. And, you know, I know we talked about that the last time, but, you know, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I don't think we anticipated on him being that guy at third. And if if he ends up being, I mean, that's great. And he ended up being free kind of. So, yeah, even better. Yeah. Tyro Tyro's still looking great. He looks fantastic. Batting 342. 900 OBP. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, Bart, Bart is looking good. Yeah, uh, he, he did. I don't know how much of the games you watched in Houston, but he like took over behind home plate, especially on Tuesday. Basically, he just kind of willed Camilo Duvall to make some pitches when <laughs> Camilo Duvall was trying his hardest to get a pitch clock violation. And Joey Bart just wasn't having it. But that's what you need out of a catcher. You're kind of the captain out there. Absolutely. If he's a really good defensive catcher, he's going to be a valuable player. And he's showing us that this year. We're talking about the Astros a lot because that was obviously the team that the Giants just played. They have Maldonado behind home plate, who doesn't hit at all, but is a very valuable player because of how he handles the pitching staff, his defensive ability, you know, his throwing ability. I'm not saying Joey Bart's going to be that because I think Maldonado's that upper echelon of defensive catcher. But if he's a very good defensive catcher, but then can hit a little bit, which he's got tons of power. And I think he's looked a lot better at the plate, even though the power hasn't been in games yet. I'm pretty optimistic about how he's looked so far. Yeah, we haven't seen a homer from him yet. Yeah, I think it was his first extra base hit. He hit a double against the Astros. And I think that was his first extra base hit of the year, which is odd. You might be right. But talking about Bart, we released Gary Sanchez. Yeah. I don't know if I'm surprised by that. I'm kind of excited. No, I'm not excited that 
guy lost his job, but I think that it almost inevitably means that we're going to see Patrick Bailey sometime this season, right? Yeah. Now it's Bart and Sable. Yep. If either of them ever hit the IL. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's kind of exciting. I like to see the young guys. Totally. A chance. That'll be fun. The weird thing about Gary Sanchez is that he didn't hit at all at AAA. And AAA, especially this year, like just because of the way that the park factors are and like the the hitting environment in AAA is insane right now. And so the fact that like his calling card is that he's a hitter and he can kind of fake it behind the plate and that he didn't hit at all. Basically, May 1st came around when the Giants either had to promote him or grant him his release. And they told him they weren't going to promote him. So he asked for his release. And you're right, that opens the door for Patrick Bailey. I think he was still at double-A the last time you and I talked. So he's been promoted to triple-A since then. I think he's only had like five or six games, so who knows what his stats look like. But I'm excited between Bart and Sable, who are 26 and 25, and then Patrick Bailey, who's young, and Ricardo Henovis. That's the catching depth right now. So yeah, it's cool. The Gary Sanchez thing was, was kind of weird. Because it happened, and we're kind of like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And then I literally didn't hear anything yeah. about him. Yeah. Like nothing. Like well, no when, news. When they signed him, I said that I think the only reason we're even talking about this is because it's Gary Sanchez. You know, if it was anybody else, it wouldn't even be worth talking about. Yeah, I wonder what's going to end up happening with him. I don't think his career's over. He'll go somewhere. No, he'll, he'll, he'll catch on somewhere. So real quick, David VR, not improving. Not nothing's happened since we last spoke, right? I yeah. he hasn't gotten any better. No, it's 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 hard to watch. It's, it's sad. Do you think it's almost Casey Smith time? I do for a few reasons. Technically, David VR was Plan A at third base, and then JD Davis decided he wanted to play out of his mind, and it's like, all right, well yeah. now you're the third baseman. And so David VR has basically been the second baseman against left-handed pitching since Crawford went down. So Estrada's playing shortstop full-time mm-hmm. while Crawford's on the injured list. And then David VR has been filling in at second base. And to your point, just hasn't improved his hitting since we spoke last. And I hope he figures it out. He looks lost right now. I think he needs a break or he needs to go down to AAA and figure his swing out or his approach out or whatever. Obviously, the Giants are much smarter than you or I. But... Casey Schmidt has played second base at AAA yeah. the last two games. which That's got to be by design. Yes, it, it, it has to be. So the reason why they hadn't made the move yet, in my opinion, is that they didn't have someone they felt comfortable playing second base against left-handed pitching. Because like Brett Wisely will play against righties, at least until Crawford comes back. But now that they've moved Schmidt over to second base, they're like, all right, just figure it out. And he's so good at defense that he just needs to figure out how like his footwork is around the bag on certain types of plays. And once he figures that out, I think they'll they'll make the move. Schmidt's not yet on the 40-man roster, so they'll have to make a corresponding move in that regard. But they'll figure something out there, too. Yeah, of course. Last thing, Sean Jelly was optioned. Not really a surprise. Yeah. Based on his performance, not very good. He hasn't pitched well. I think part of it is that he spent his whole career as a starter, And then the Giants have been using him as a reliever, and that's got to be at least a little bit jarring. 
instead of pitching every five days, he's expected to be ready on back-to-back days or at least every other day. I just don't think he took well to it. So they optioned him for Cole Waits, who is more of that like typical reliever type where it's just he's going to give you one inning. He's going to go max effort. He's going to probably have some pretty good strikeout numbers. He walked a ton of people in AAA, which is actually why I think this took so long. But he was kind of coming back slowly from an injury that he had in spring training. We haven't seen him yet since he came back, but he's got a huge fastball. So that should be fun. Cool. So there is something I wanted to talk about. Digging around Giants Twitter Always over dangerous. the last few days. Yeah, sometimes fun, sometimes yeah. upsetting. <laughs> there was a lot of noise going on around one person in particular, the Dubinator, Mauricio <laughs> Dubon. Yeah, uh, there sure was. You want to talk about that? People can't seem to make up their mind. And I was one of them, right? Like I was very vocal about not liking him so much as a Giants. And then then he goes and he has a 20-game hitting streak. And you wonder, wait, who did we give up for him? Where is he now? Like, So I kind of understand some of the comments on Twitter, but... I think you think we made the right decision. So I, I do, because I think there's a lot more that goes into this than Mauricio Dubon was traded for Michael Papirski, which if you look at it at the surface level, you're right. That does not look like a good trade because <laughs> Papirski is not in the Giants organization anymore. So if you look at it as a one-to-one trade, then I can understand why you might not like it. But going back a little bit, Dubon's always been a light hitter. He's a pretty good defender. If you remember, though, he was a pretty bad base runner when he had opportunities, at least when he was on the Giants. In 2022, so last season, basically him, Estrada, and Slater were kind of like their right-handed hitting bench bats that were all out of options. So even in spring training, everyone was like, they're going to have to make a move with one of these guys. Now, Longoria was coming back from a finger injury, so he started the year on the injured list, opening up a a spot for an extra right-handed hitting infielder. And so both Dubon and Estrada took those spots. And this was kind of before Tyro became his everyday self that we know him to be now. They were in a roster crunch, and they couldn't option him, so they decided to trade him. But everyone, all the other teams know that he's out of options. So they have no leverage in trading him. So they ended up trading him to Houston for a triple A catcher with options. But it was more that they preferred Austin Slater and Tyro Estrada over Mauricio Dubon, which I think is the right call. Do you agree? Yeah, I think if anybody listening to this thinks otherwise, they should give us a call and we'll have them on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll Come on, we'll, we'll talk about it. So the weird thing is, is that they traded him to the Astros. who A good Astros team. A good Astros team who went on to win the World Series that season. He didn't yeah. play much. When he did play, he did not play that well. Again, at least as an offensive player, he's a... Very good defender. So before the series with the Astros. This last series, like, like yes. this week. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. yeah, this this past week. The Giants media 
wanted to talk to Mauricio Dubon, which I don't really understand because it's literally Mauricio Dubon. He's well, he he was a Giants fan, right? So he's from Honduras, but he went to high school in I think Sacramento or nearby. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. So I all right. You're right. I understand why they wanted to talk to him before, but he basically said that he circled this series on his calendar. Yeah, I don't like that. That's weird. Because <laughs> it's not like they traded him to the A's or the Nationals or a bad team. Yeah, and it's not like he was cut. We obviously saw value in you, guy. Yeah. Traded you to a team that was excited to have you, and you won a ring. Yeah. So for him to say that was weird. Uh, that is weird. And then he went out and had a good game in that first game. He basically kind of won the game for the Astros almost single-handedly. He knocked he in did. a he couple had, he runs. A he scored a couple runs, made some good plays on defense, and and good for him. Like, and this is the other thing is that like before all this, I was like, yeah, good for Dubon. He found a found a good landing spot, figured some things out. Good for him. But then after the game, he kind of went off on the Giants organization for trading him for treating him poorly when he was with the Giants. And it was just very odd because by all accounts, the Giants organization treats at least their employees very well. And then as much as we know, though, we're never going to know a lot. They also treat their players pretty well. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm against you treating your players poorly, right? If that's totally. the case, then that's awful. But yes. you were a like triple A plus player. Yeah, quad quad A player. You're acting like you're a big dog. Yeah. And so I think he thought that because he wasn't getting a shot, that that means he was being treated poorly. I think they were just like, he's not playing well, so he needs to go back to triple A type of thing. I think actually David VR is a really good example of the Giants are patient with young players at times and they're trying to have them work through things and get better they want their players to be better like that just makes the most sense and I just don't think they were seeing what they wanted to from Dubon so they were sending him back and forth a little bit which can't be easy I I understand that but I don't think that's treating a player poorly I think that's treating him based on his performance. You've said it before. Each of these players must think that they are the best in the world, right? The very best. Totally. And you, you have to think That's that. That's playing into this. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, and it's weird because then when he came out and said all that, then I found myself rooting against him. Like I was, I even found myself thinking, well, if the Astros win, I just hope Dubon doesn't do anything. And <laughs> I'll probably, I'll get over that. I'm sure. And I hope he does well. And Kapler came out and said, I hope he does well. I just hope he doesn't do it against us. I think that is kind of all we need to know. Like that tells us everything we need to know. Dubon talked to some of the, his former teammates and said, Hey, I didn't mean anything against you. I think for some reason, I think it's him and Kapler. I think he doesn't like Gabe Kapler. We'll never really know, but it was just, it was just very odd, but you know, I just wanted to talk about that and talk about how it was not a trade for Michael Papierski. It was deciding <laughs> to hang on to Tyro Estrada and Austin Slater instead of Mauricio Dubon. And I would do that 100 out of 100 times. 
Yeah, I like kind of get in my feelings sometimes. So again, I was very vocal about not appreciating him on our team. But something about him is kind of likable. Oh, for sure. And so I was trying to figure out what it was. And I think it's he's always smiling. So he yep. does always look like he's having a real good time. Totally. And then you'll remember we saw him give his bet to a kid at spring training. That's right. I forgot about and that. So I'm like, oh, that's why. And then I realized that neither of those reasons mean anything for the Giants or <laughs> not even really baseball reasons. So yeah, yeah. Well, we won the series, so uh circle that one. Circle that one. Go <laughs> go on another hitting streak, you know, and you know, I hope he does well. I, I just didn't want I just didn't want him to of beat course. the Giants, I think, because because of what he said. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I saw you've been working on a little fun with some stats. Oh yeah. You wanna go through that with us? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll kick us off. I see you got something here for Late Night Lamont. Is it Late Night Lamont or is it now Lead Off Lamont? (laughs) Lead Off, yeah. Dude, he's got a 442 on base percentage. (laughs) That is impressive. If your Lead Off hitter has a 400 on base percentage, you feel good. And obviously, that's what you're hoping for. That's what you want, right? Yeah. And, you know, he's at 442, which isn't like an arm and a leg above 400, but it is better. But the other thing too, is that at the beginning of the year, his average was low, his on-base percentage was high, but he wasn't really hitting for power. But now he's got up to, I think six home runs on the year. His OPS is up to 994. That's good. And the giants went into this season, basically thinking Lamont Wade jr. Is our first baseman. And I think we have to give them credit for knowing that and knowing that last year was the circumstance of an injury and being confident in his skill set and his abilities to be what he's being right now. And that's an incredible leadoff hitter. So, you know, I think we can knock the Giants for thinking David VR was going to be their third baseman. But I think we have to give them credit for recognizing that Lamont Wade Jr., was going to return more to his 2021 form than his 2022 form. Yeah, see, I was worried. I I thought we'd seen the best of him, uh, and I really like him. I think he's fun to watch. Yeah, uh, He's got a very like unassuming batting stance, right? He just mm-hmm. kind of looks like a timid little leaguer Yeah, and then can unload. Yeah, he's fun. I, I It's nice to see him playing so well right now. He's getting into that category of player that like he should just call his own strike zone. Like we saw that with Brandon Belt, where it's like if he's taking it, it's a ball, and if he's swinging at it, it's a yeah. strike. Like he's getting there, and it's it's kind of impressive to watch. He's also I t- I know I texted you this a couple days ago. He's one of those guys that without a hat, like he, I, I, he's not recognizable to me. Like he looks completely different. Yeah, and Austin Wins was that kind of guy too. Austin Wins looks way different with and without a hat or a helmet. Like, Junior the same. Yeah, Wade's head is like just a small round ball, I feel. And then he puts a hat on. He looks so different. He also, when he first came up in 21, uh, it was Mustache May, and he had a mustache. And then the rest of the year, he didn't. And I'm like, that's not the same guy. Like, he looks way different, even with slightly different facial hair. I don't know what it so, is. So you just reminded me of one of my favorite times of the season mustache may and yep. realizing we're in may are we gonna get that this year yeah there have been a few guys that 
did it. Like, Hanniger and Slater have done it. Yastrzemski is usually one of the big pushers of it, and unfortunately... Yeah, he he's got a good one too. He's got a really good one, but unfortunately, but I'll bet we don't even list. see it. With, yeah, how long? So we can get into that. Yaz and Crawford are both injured. Yeah, so Yaz and Crawford both got hurt in that Mexico series. When Yaz got hurt, it looked bad. Like yeah. it was like you know he had to get helped off the field. You know, it looked like he had a pretty severe hamstring injury. And then Crawford, on the other hand. People were like, ah, he's a little tight. He just needs a couple days off. And then when they got back home, they both had MRIs, and they both had grade one muscle injuries, which is the lowest grade. But Crawford's was actually worse than Yastrzemski's. Yastrzemski will probably be back sooner than Crawford. It wouldn't shock me if Yaz is out about two weeks. and then I Crawford's think I saw two to three weeks. Yeah, that sounds about right. But it might be an extra week or so for Crawford, depending on how quickly he heals. I mean, Crawford's tough. He wants to play through it. I I think they would be wise to let him heal up as much as they can. You and I talked about how he looked a little hurt, which I think would explain why he hasn't quite performed yet this year. So why not just make sure he's... 100% healthy before he comes back and hopefully we get the Crawford we had down the stretch last year was healthy and looked good you know it wasn't the 2021 MVP candidate Crawford but we don't need that you know we just need him to look solid I think Crawford could probably grow a pretty good mustache but I doubt we'll get that he won't he won't do it yeah be a lot cooler if he did it would be a lot cooler if he did uh sean sean jelly always has a mustache but i saw him doing a like a goatee thing too yeah like he had the the mustache into the goatee look yeah yeah but obviously he got options so we won't see that but yeah i think now that they're back home i think we'll see it like yeah in full effect so i think we'll know who's who's joey bart did it and it looked disgusting (laughs) it didn't look good because he left it as kind of like his five o'clock shadow look. Yeah, uh, it, I remember. Oscillators is always bad. He made a post because so they do it for mental health awareness, which is part of why they do it. Like they make shirts, and then the shirts they sell, you know, they they donate and the the proceeds from it and stuff like that. But so his post was something about how Mustache May is back and how much his wife hates his mustache, <laughs> which I just thought was funny. But he was like, but I get to do it because it's for a good cause. So, yeah, that's interesting, because then if you don't do it, come on, Brandon, it's for a good cause. <laughs> yeah. You don't like good causes. <laughs> is that it for injuries? No, 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 no. Uh, Alex Wood. Yeah, he threw, a, he threw a simulated game a few days ago. So. I think the injury is not going to be quite as long as we first expected. I think we were kind of almost expecting the worst when he first got hurt. But the fact that he's already throwing again is a good sign. My guess is that he'll probably throw at least one more simulated game, if not two, and then probably make a rehab start. And then we'll probably see him back. If one of the other starters gets injured somewhere in that timeline, they might accelerate that timeline. But I think we'll probably see him in... I don't know, three weeks or so. I'm just thinking about what it would be like to be 18, 19 years old playing in San Jose, and then you've got Alex Wood coming in for a rehab assignment. Yeah, they did that a lot when their AAA team wasn't at Sacramento. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll probably they'll probably do it at Sac, but sometimes they still do it at San Jose. Like if if the rehab assignment 
lines up when the AAA team's on the road or something. Out of town, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be that beer batter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to stats. What else you got? You got something about Logan Webb? Yeah, so I think we mentioned this earlier, but he was off to kind of a poor start, at least by his standards. His ERA is already down to 3.8. I think we're soon going to be just back in normal Logan Webb territory, which is around like a three ERA. So that's great. It's good to see. Yep, I agree. I think it was six or so, five or so episodes ago, maybe longer. I don't remember. I asked you if you think we'd see a sub three ERA from him. You said yes. So I, I, well said yes. I, I said yes definitively, and I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't a little worried after his first few starts. Just for, the, num- just, just for the number. like. Like, is it so inflated that even if he pitches to a three ERA the rest of the year, it's going to be hard to catch back up? But I'm an idiot. He's fine. Yeah. What else we got? Austin Slater hitting a cool 500? Hitting 500. Now, obviously, he's only a few games in, but I wanted to highlight this because... That's cool, though. It is cool. He's hitting 500. The Giants were kind of struggling against left-handed pitching, to begin the season and a lot was being said about how they are missing Mitch Hanniger, which was true, but Austin Slater is one of the best hitters in the league against left-handed pitching. And he's only started against left-handers so far. And sure enough, he's hitting 500 because that's what Austin Slater does is he just hits lefties and he crushes them. So now that Hanniger and Slater are back, I'm not worried about their team against left-handed pitching. We'll have to see what that means for Darren Ruff because they kind of like brought him back almost in like a panic before Hanniger and Slater were healthy. Now Ruff is on the injured list and in a rehab assignment, but we'll have to see if they have room for him. I don't know. I hope so. I love Darren Ruff. Man, weren't we just talking about this? That there's never going to be a time where everybody is healthy. There never will be a time when everyone's oh, healthy. Man. It's just, it just doesn't happen. Giants currently 10th in the MLB and outs above average we've talked about this in like our predictions episode where we were saying that we thought the giants would basically be like an average defensive team or they were going to significantly improve over last year the bar was so low it was hard to go anywhere but up but if they're 10th they're even slightly better than average and that's great even though the early season struggles might paint a different picture i think they're gonna pitch enough and I think they're going to hit enough where if their defense is average, that they'll end up being a pretty good team. If their defense is a slightly above average, then I think they could be a good team. What does pretty good team mean? I still think they have a pretty good shot at one of the wild card spots. It's going to be tough to win the division. The, yeah. the NOS is good. You know, the Dodgers are good. The Padres are good. The Diamondbacks are up and coming they're going to be pesky all year the nl east is probably going to have one of the wild cards from there between the mets and the braves whoever doesn't win the division and then the second wild card will probably be between the dodgers and the padres whoever doesn't win the NL west so i think there's room for third wild card which is pretty good and all you need to do is get in and crazy things happen i welcome it Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the minors. So we talked a bit. I think we'll likely see Patrick Bailey at some point this season. He was uh, promoted to AAA. That's fantastic. Kyle Harrison looking a bit better since last time we talked. 
Yeah, he opened the season struggling with his command to the point where his first few outings were like two innings each because he was walking so many people in combination with them wanting him to ramp up slowly with the pitch count that he was only able to go a couple of innings because he was walking so many guys. He's still walking a lot of guys. We're not going to see him until he figures that out. The Giants have a few options around the rotation that they want him to force his way in instead of him being like break glass in case of emergency type option. Like they have guys that can eat innings. They want him to figure out his control in AAA and force the issue for them to promote him. I think if and when he does that, though, that they'll be quick about it because even though he's walking a ton of guys, he's striking out the world because his stuff is just nasty. So, and I think that'll that'll play at the bigs. Yeah, I would prefer to to wait honestly as long as we can. I think our bullpen is. I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100 satisfied with it. I'll say that, but yeah. I, I don't. I really don't want to rush it. I think yeah. that he could be really good. Yeah, and it would be unfortunate if we made the wrong decision and pulled him up a little too soon. Yeah, I'll be curious how the bullpen looks. Like, now that Cole Waits is there instead of Jelly, Luke Jackson, we won't see him at at least until June, but he's around, and he was very good. You know, I'll I'll be be curious to see how it looks, like, in a month or six weeks or so. Did we mention Weisenhunt promoted to high A? We did not. So we talked about him on our last episode, and I really wanted to call this out because we talked about how the Giants are typically very methodical with their promotions and tend to err on the side of caution with their promotions. But we thought that Wisenhunt could be the exception, that he could be a fast mover. And sure enough, like the next day, he got promoted to high A, uh, Eugene from single A San Jose. And then he went out and dealt at high A. If he keeps that up, he could be a, a very fast mover. I don't think to the point where we'll see him in San Francisco this year, but I think he'll move fast enough where he's almost like where Harrison is this year, like going into spring training next year, they'll be like, okay, Wisenhunt's option seven or eight. And if he forces the issue, then we'll, we'll promote him. He doesn't have quite the same stuff that Harrison does, but he's got a really good fastball changeup combination, which I think uh, is kind of exciting. Another guy just promoted up to high A was uh, Von Brown. Yeah, yeah. So you and I are big Von Brown believers. He got hurt at the end of last year and then like started spring training and still wasn't right. So they had him start in extended spring to kind of ramp up a little bit. And then they basically have put him on a, kind of a minor league rehab assignment because I think we expected him to start at double A, but they assigned him first to low A and he tore that up already and has already been promoted to high A. I think it's going to be a little bit interesting because both him and Grant McRae are now at high A and they're both center fielders. It might be one of those things where they, they'll just put one of them in a corner the Giants like having a really rangy outfielder in right field uh, just because of how big right field is at Oracle Park. So, like, I mean, we're now we're, like, pipe dreaming. But, like, maybe in two years we've got Grant McRae in center and Von Brown in right type of thing. But I'll be curious to see how that all shakes out with McRae and Brown at high A. And then even at double A, 
because Luis Matos is in center field uh, for Richmond. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. Like, I almost think they might just move somebody up, you know, to triple A and see what happens because Matos has actually started the year off pretty well, too. Interesting for sure. Vaughn Brown spent most of the season, and I'm thinking back to last season, last season with Eugene. I think towards the end, he did make it out to double A, right? Yeah, he got promoted to double A, but that was like, I think he only played a handful of games before he got hurt. So, but that was kind of the idea was that because he went through low and high A last year, that they were just going to start him at double A. But because they're kind of, a working him back and then B because they don't really have center field spots at either of those. I think they're doing a rehab assignment to try and maneuver their way around some, some center field options, but well, he's getting old. He's getting older. So gotta move him up. Yeah. Yeah. He's that, that's kind of the, been the, the knock on him from like a prospect perspective because the prospect rankers. And I think, for good reason, tend to like the guys that are younger. Like if you're younger than the average age of the level that you're at, but still performing well, that tends to lead to like that tends to be indicative of future performance. So that's always been the knock on him. But like if he performs, he performs. So who cares? But yeah, we'll, I, we'll I agree. Have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we've got uh, Marco Luciano back with double A, right? Yeah, yeah, so he was going to start the year with double-A. They started him slowly, too, because he was coming back from an injury. So he's had two games at double-A so far, one at shortstop, one at DH. In his second game, he hit a 111-mile-per-hour home run. So here's hoping he can stay healthy because we know he can hit. That's something I can't do. (laughs) You and me both. Uh (laughs) <laughs> Tell me a bit about uh, Tyler Fitzgerald. Though. Yeah, so Tyler Fitzgerald was the shortstop at Double A, and then when Luciano got assigned there, they bumped him up to Triple A. Fitzgerald was OPSing to the tune of nine ninety nine while playing shortstop at Double A. That's uh, pretty good, as they say. And then uh, had a few <laughs> stolen bases to go along with that. Kind Can of you like just call one. that a one. Can we just call it like a one? Just round up. <laughs> Yeah, we probably should. Kind of like Von Brown, he's a little bit older. He's actually not as old as Von Brown, but like... Let the old guys play! Let the old guys play, yeah. Just, again, from like a (laughs) prospect perspective, he's a little older, but who cares? If If he can hit, if he can play, he can play, so... Just somebody to keep on the radar, you know? He might, he might be a a utility guy or, or something like that, but... Being a utility guy in the Giants organization seems to be a good thing. Yeah, I mean... A good place for you to be. Yeah, the Giants, they kind of get a little bit of flack for the way that they rotate guys in and out of the lineup or the raw, or you know on the playing field. But And from one standpoint, I get that. It's like, well, yeah, let your best eight or nine guys play every day. But from the other perspective, it's like, well, then your your guys on the bench are going to get cold and are when they do need to get called on because somebody goes down or whatever, they're going to be cold. 
So I actually think that one of the benefits of the way that the Giants handle it is they keep everyone involved and everybody fresh and everybody focused. We also, and this isn't really, I'm not trying to knock anyone on our team, but we also don't have that superstar right? Yeah. that plays that position yeah. six days yeah. a week. Yeah, I think I think that's part of it. I think there are several factors that go into it. I think, A, you're absolutely right that they don't have that superstar to to play every day regardless of, you know, what hand the pitcher throws with Two, I think though that a lot of it is you know load management I think that they've found that playing 162 games a year if you're going to get 80 percent of a player for 162 games or if you're going to get 95 percent of a player for 150 games probably makes sense to have have them take an extra couple days off you know and then like I think there is a benefit of having your bench fresh and focused and ready to go at any at a moment's notice because like if somebody goes down it's not like they have to get back up to speed and ramp up they're already ready to go and like we already talked about no team is ever going to be fully healthy so i think having everybody kind of rotate in and and focus like that is is kind of a benefit of something like that yeah i don't hate it yeah all right so 10 games of baseball coming up yeah. We're going to see the Brew Crew. Yep. The Nationals. What do we got to look forward to, Teach? So the Brewers uh, have been off to a good start, which to me was a little surprising. Like, I don't know. Can can you name more than like three Brewers? <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably mean. Just just pitchers really so they're a very good pitching team yeah and, that's all i got that's kind of how they've been for the past few years that they, they've built their team around pitching you know devin williams is an incredible closer corbin burns great pitcher not off to his normal Cor- corbin burns start but he he pitches so we're gonna against... get mania yeah so it's uh corbin burns versus mania on friday Alex Cobb versus Ray on Saturday, and then Stripling versus Peralta on Sunday. All right, so, so Manaya versus Burns, that could be a little scary. Ross Stripling, I would love to get him his first win of the season. Yeah, that'd be cool. Still a little uneasy when he takes the mound, but... I thought he pitched relatively well. We're trending in the right day. direction. He did have a good game, and then it's just, of course, it just feels like the Giants can't get him that win. Yeah, yeah. Basically, against the Brewers, it's going to be pitching and Rowdy Telez is <laughs> kind of how that's it. So, who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, keep keep him from hitting balls in the cove and hit enough against their pitching. Got a good shot. All right. Yeah, they're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. Plus, I think they're getting healthy from what ailed them that we talked about from that nice slogan web quote. <laughs> Don't drink the water. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Oh, the Brewers are coming back from Colorado. So they might, there, there is actually a, there's been studies on this. There's like a hangover effect out of Coors Field. So a guest. Good. Hopefully we, we get them at the right time. Good. What are we? We're like, yeah, we are five games under 500. We need to get that up. Yeah, take two or three from the Brewers, take two or three from the Nationals. We're right there. Okay, okay, all right. I can live with that. All right. Uh, who do we go after Nationals? Diamondbacks. 
That'll be that one will be tough. Is it a four, uh, is it four against the D backs? It's a four. Yeah, it was a four game series against the D backs. That's the first time we get to see Longoria again, right? Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I like Longoria. He's a good player. He was one of those guys that felt like he was on our team for a lot longer than he really was. Yeah, in my he, opinion. So what, I think it ended up being four years, or was it five? Three or four. four. No, five. Yeah, but it felt like he, he felt like he was on our team for a lot longer than he was. Yeah. He was he was great while he played. He just couldn't quite stay on the field quite enough. All right, everyone. That's it. That's all. I don't have any anything else. Thanks for joining us. Look, if you liked anything you heard today, go ahead and give us a like. Pay us a visit. Visit us online at thirdandking.shop. Same handle for all of our socials, I think. Third and King Shop. At Third and King Shop. Third and King Shop at gmail if you you want to yeah write us a note hey if you yeah if you're that guy out there who thinks we should have got rid of Cairo or uh or slater you go ahead and you you send us an email our inbox is open third and king shop at gmail.com we'd love to have you give us a subscribe give us a like go ahead do all the things we really appreciate it we do all right talk soon see you teach